today's Real Talk. Here we talk about all things North Carolina real estate, business, and life. Your host, Justin Kazepis, real estate attorney, real estate broker, real estate investor, hanging out with a couple of real estate brokers and also investors, I would imagine, in the marketplace here. We've got uh, Josh Deering of the Deering team as part of Sirhan, and Shayna Harris, also part of the Deering team, part of Sirhan. Joining me at the table today. How are you both doing? Hey, hey, hey. We're great. We're doing great. Thanks for having us. Josh, uh, average at list price right now, residential property in Mecklenburg County, 683000 Your thoughts? I love it. Let's go. Why do you love it? Because that means things are increasing. Um, you know, business is good. So prices are going up. Um, you know, just... I would say the market is starting to pick up even more. So these properties are increasing in value, which means once you start to sell, you set that comp and that neighbor appreciates that value that you just closed on. And now their house is looking a lot prettier. And I mean, it's just kind of a domino effect. I put you on the spot right there, by the way. I want everyone to know that. You didn't know that I was just going to throw you that much of an open-ended. And you, and you took the textbook approach I mean, I mean. on it. You took the textbook <laughs> approach. The Real Estate Commission would be very happy right now. No, but but one of the, the aspects that I think everyone's concerned about is the market just going to fall out. Are we Have we reached a pinnacle of the top that, that we can take no more? Mm. Shana, what do you think about that? I don't think, yes, we can take more. I mean, today I was asked, do we think that the interest rates are going to lower or price is going to lower? And just with that question, people are moving to Charlotte. People want to be in this area, whether it's, you know, relocating or a job transfer or whatever. But like I was trying to explain to my client today, the interest rates at some point are going to to to, to lower and decrease. But even if that's, you know, half a point or a point, then buyers are going to freak out and then that's going to raise prices. So it's like this domino effect too is like, you you know, yeah, you get a lower interest rate, but that means multiple offers because then everybody wants to be back in the, the buyer bracket. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just a good time to buy now. <laughs> Before it's too late. Before it's, Before too, late. it's too late. Yeah, because you're either going to pay for interest or you're going to pay for, for a multiple offer and go over ask price because you're going to you're just going to open a floodgate for more buyers who see that little decrease in a rate and then. But Mark, the, the the prices here aren't dropping. I mean, six hundred and eighty three thousand for an average. I mean, come on. I mean, that's significant. That's solid. That that's, is a solid, significant well, number. What, knowing maybe two years ago, Justin, we were like, four. yeah, I was going to say in the four eighties, four fifties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know that. So. Uh, Got to hit you with that market report Listen, from WSICnews.com right there. You just pulled that. Just pull it. Look at you. It refreshes right. the data every five minutes, baby. <laughs> Come on now. So do you think there's a scenario where prices do go down? Oh, man. Um, that's a great question. And you know what? I don't, I don't know if there is, to be honest. I don't know. I mean, unless we just um, – things go to – Hay in a hay basket. Yeah, pretty pretty much. But to me, I don't think so. I don't think there's a scenario that I could come up with that would say, uh, other than what we just said, like, uh, here comes uh, an unidentified flying object out of the sky, and all of a sudden everyone's in a panic and people stop buying. I've always, the way I always know that 
houses are going to keep their value or potentially increase is there, you follow different things. Like I follow, um, I have a lot of friends who build, um, or construction and I don't mean outside of real estate. So I know like, and they place equipment and things like that. And, and when that market's doing well, our market seems to be doing extremely well. The treasury, you know, watching that, keeping that, seeing how that's going, you know, New York is a good telltale sign, even though in some cases you can't really follow states to see how things are going because there's so much room for us to grow. But, you know, I just I try to stay aware of that and, and how construction's going and what's being built around here, because when that starts to slow, I really feel like, you know, the, the housing market starts to kind of take the same approach and things slow down. But I don't think we'll ever see. Uh, 2008, I guess, um, where, where prices are just, no one's buying. It's hard to believe that we see a 2008 again because of how much regulatory effect came into play after 2008. Oh, Shana, from the sidelines perspective of buyers, are there a bunch of people waiting to pull the trigger? Like they, we talk about this concept of sideline capital for years now. Mm -hmm. Is that real or, or what's the buyer seeing like the pool of buyers currently in the market? I mean, just speaking for my buyers, they are urgent and ready to buy right now because with rates increasing, some of them are locked in. And so right now, if I have someone with a 6% interest rate and they go up to eight, they're not trying to wait and delay that. So right now, even inventory, things in these certain price points, they're still moving so fast. And then you've got some that's kind of slower. But for, I mean, the average price at 683 and above, I mean, it, they're going, you know, relatively quick. But yeah, I mean, buyers are urgent and they're waiting for something just to hit that that MLS that speaks to them to get in. When, in. In the past couple of weeks since we saw you last, what's like the hottest neighborhood or sub market around, let's say, Charlotte Metro, Charlotte MSA, Lake Norman? What's been like the hottest market you guys are hearing from buyers? Um, man, it just depends on the buyer. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to throw something out and you're going to think I'm crazy. But like... Belmont. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I was there today. Yeah, Belmont is on fire. I don't think you're crazy. It's a one, the downtown area of Belmont yes. is, is what people are attracted to. They want that kind of live, work, play ability, yeah. go out, have a good time, but be able to make it home in some type of reasonable 100%. fashion, quick access to all the other amenities mm -hmm. and not have to deal with the hustle and bustle. It doesn't shock mm -hmm. me at all. Okay. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's what I would tell you would be the, the market that I'm seeing that's absolutely on fire, in, in my opinion, from where I'm standing, is Belmont. Is it a younger demo or are your older, you know, more seasoned folks, I guess, just to say, purchasing in Belmont as well right now? Um, I think it's younger. And I think because um, prices are, are awesome over there, um, you know, their their taxes aren't as bad. Like I, last time I saw Belmont report, like I think I was probably like in the threes. Is yeah. that still kind of yeah. where it's yeah. at? Yeah. yeah. Um, and you're getting a lot of bang for your buck, but it's quality, right? It's mm -hmm. not like, you know, it's not a a house that you got to put in, you know, a hundred to 200, 300,000 in updates. I mean, you're, you're getting a quality home, good size home for a low price mm -hmm. with a decent yard. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's what everybody wants. So I think, 
Belmont to me, and I kind of took your thunder, Shane. No, sorry, I, mean, <laughs> I was there this morning. You know, we've we've went all over from Harrisburg to, all, I mean, all of the out. Wow, that's out, the opposite that's side. The opposite that's that's side. literally the opposite end. But people are starting to push out because of that value and price. And then we get to Belmont this morning, sitting on three fourths of an acre, new construction, and not just like the typical three bedroom upstairs and nothing downstairs. There was an office downstairs. There was four bedrooms upstairs. So it was like same price on more land, yeah. no HOA. 10 minutes to downtown Belmont and 20 minutes to uptown. It was like a no-brainer for this this specific client, but you're getting a lot out there. Okay, we're going to talk about new construction when we come back. You're listening to today's Real Talk, the show that focuses on all things North Carolina real estate, business, and life. If you want to be part of the conversation, 844-STUDIO-4. Maybe you got a question for Josh and Shana. Maybe you've got a deal going on right now. You got something seems a little fishy right now. I think I need some expert broker opinions. Well, you can call into the show and you can get that advice. You can be watching us right now on WSICnews.com. Also, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, all the social platforms were out there. Again, join the conversation. 844-STUDIO-4. Coming right back, Radio Fam. Today's Real Talk, Justin Kazepis, the show where we talk about all things North Carolina real estate, business, and life. 844-STUDIO-4 if you want to be part of the conversation. Got Josh Deering of the Deering team, part of Sirhan here in the studio. Also have Shayna Harris, part of the Deering team, which is part of Sirhan here in North Carolina. You got to give the full disclosure. Look, the Real Estate Commission, you've got to give your full it. disclosure. We will be compliant here. Yeah. If you want to search for anything real estate, WSICnews.com, the most local data. No, it's not Zillow. No, it's not Realtor.com. No, it's none of the big players that want you to believe their data is accurate when it's not. It is actually local data directly from the local Realtor Association. If you want to find out what the potential sales price is of your home, you've got a home valuation tool right there on the website, WSICnews.com. Also, all of the cities that you want to search about. We've talked about Belmont, one of the most hottest markets around right now, mostly because of price, mostly because of the quality of life that it's offering to the demographic, the younger demographic coming into the region. Let's talk a little bit about new construction now. Shana, what are you seeing from builders and incentives that they're offering, if any, right now? I've actually been seeing a lot of the 10,000 closing costs. Um, that's the most that I've ever seen doing this um, at this point. What are you looking at? I was going to tell today, 14,000. Oh, wow. 14,000 in incentives mm-hmm. today. I just cash I just, or just like upgrades? Cash. Closing costs. Wow. Cash. Yes. 14 grand, I promise. Mm-hmm. So, wow. but, but to speak on, uh, I saw 10, but hasn't seen or haven't seen anything higher than that until today. Yeah, that's 14, 14 grand. is Ryan Holmes preferred lender. Uh Cheryl's Ford. Okay. Yep. Cheryl's Ford hot market right now. Hot market. Catawba County. Yep. Absolutely. Uh close to the water. You still get that lake life. You've got 16, which is just beautiful on the west side of the lake, driving towards Charlotte. And then 150, which is going to be an absolute train train wreck once the widening starts. But hey, we'll deal with that another day. Is it concerning that builders are giving up that much incentives? Or what's the reason behind Ooh. it? I mean, when I saw 10000 a few weeks ago, it had to be with the preferred lender. Um, so when I got that specific lender's numbers and I compared to my client's numbers, 
that was a little washy because they had charged her 10000 more than mm-hmm. what the other lender. So that 10000 was a wash. It was just to get someone in there. And a lot of people don't look at those yeah. numbers. They just see 10000 They're like, yes, let's wow. do it. And it's very important to compare um, a Was it like lender. the origination fee and points and all that? Like what that, was the... Um, wanting us to pay the excise tax, which Ooh. is usually paid by the seller. Um, all sorts of things that typically a seller would pay. Yeah. Um, and my client's a veteran on the specific one that we were comparing. And I, it, it was just a wash. Um, versus today, I looked at a new construction, any lender, 10000 closing cost offered. And wow. I mean, that's significant. That's yeah. huge. That's a big number. Yeah. Josh, what do you think then from besides the cash side of things, are builders making up their profits, which has been a common scenario through all the upgrades, granite countertops, high-end appliances, flooring, fixtures, light, all that kind of stuff. Are they still making up a lot of these numbers on paper that way as compared to what the market once had prior to COVID? Ooh, um, I think so. I think the the cost of a lot of those upgrades have gone up, so I can't knock them for the increase, but it's how much they increase, I believe, that you can kind of gauge. And I and I feel like, yeah, they, they probably are. Um, next thing you know, you know, I don't want to say it's the bait and switch. We were talking earlier, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like, all right, here's your base price. And, you know, most of the time those, I mean, very rarely have I ever seen a buyer stick with the base price. They usually come in, it's, out, you know, let's do this. Especially when you're walking through the model and you see how the model looks, that's kind of how they draw you in. <laughs> of course. And of course, here you go. Um, now you're talking 35000 you know, and that's on like smaller homes. Let's say $400,000 home, thirty-five to 40000 in an increase in updates. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say yes. And even the lot premiums right now are not even included. So you're going there, you know, based on this this information that we're getting on the MLS and they're like, oh, well, it starts at 415, but the lot premium that this specific unit's sitting right. on, that's another 30 grand. And I'm like, well, you could have put that in agent remarks because now my client doesn't qualify or whatever. But a lot of these don't even include the lot plan or the lot, the premium lot. Well, they're, they're saving money everywhere, man. It's they're and I'm, I'm not going to say names, but commission now is like a set price. Sure. Mm-hmm. Which is ridiculous. What's the what's the are you still seeing even two percent from builders or are they going sub two percent these days? I, I'm seeing all right, you're gonna I'll say this the way I wanna say it, which is I'm seeing two percent from the quality builders. Mm. <laughs> I'm seeing mm-hmm. a set price from the builders that will nickel and dime you. And not just me, but the buyer too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So I feel like that's how they, they, I mean, they save in every every aspect of building that house. So it's always good, folks listening, it's always good to have a real estate agent. Well, I was going to say, Shana opened the door on this, so I, I'm going to blame her for me going into the monologue right now I'm about to hit for a second. So as also a realtor, have been since 2012, one of the my biggest pet peeves is misrepresentation of marketing mm-hmm. on advertising. And mm-hmm. it's very common for a builder, let's say a builder rep, who is supposed to be representing at the highest ethical standard as a realtor, a blanket amount of lots for a singular subdivision and putting only one, two, three, four listings, let's say, drawing people in to come see the lots only then to 
not have that inventory available, which again, questionable, we're talking about the status of a property as a separate conversation. So you've always want to make sure you have a well-educated licensed representative representing you as a buyer. It is not uncommon for you to get into a subdivision and a builder, a rep attempt to skirt the fact or help you to forget the fact that you have and can have representation. All of the reps, when you go into these model homes, represent the builder. Keep that in mind. When you walk into a model home and there's someone says, I am with such and such home builders, they represent them, not you. And it's very easy to get lost in the sauce of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Not only that, Justin, but yes, and all of that is, thank you. That's spot on. And I think also buyers feel like, all right, if I go in unrepresented, that I can save or potentially get the commission back off the price when that's not the case. No. Mm-mm. Not at all. So the point I try to make with a lot of buyers is, listen, you can have full representation. The the My commission is built in because they want to bring, they want us as real estate agents to bring buyers, quality buyers to where they're building to to close on a house. And so they pay us for that. But at the same time, you know, we're we're making sure, all right, pre we're doing pre drywall mm-hmm. inspections. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've found in contracts or or things like pre drywall inspections where things are just messed up yeah. completely. So but yes. Um but you're talking about now the value of what it means to be a broker in a new construction mm-hmm. deal. And this is where I get what, yeah. what builders are frustrated about. There's a lot of brokers who will, quote unquote, represent a buyer. The builder's office does all of these steps through the process and meets one-on-one with the buyer many times yeah. throughout the build. So they're of the belief, why do you really have a broker if they're not truly representing you? So what does the Deering team do differently mm-hmm. as it relates to new construction and how you truly represent a buyer through the process? I know who can answer that perfectly, and that's this young lady right here who, who represents her clients to the absolute fullest. Well, thank you, Josh. Um, I mean, what are we offering as far as a new construction agent? I mean, I think just... When you go in there, again, I think a lot of people are confused that they're there for the builder, like or the, the reps there are representing the builder. And for me, something as, as simple as a pre-wall inspection, because once those walls are up, we have no idea what's behind there. And I think that's not going to happen with you know, the builder, they're not going to do over, over inspections. If it's, if it's good, it's working. But, you know, like Josh had a situation where the water heater was somewhere and it should have been in the attic and it was in the garage. Like, and a lot of these things matter because if it's supposed to be in one area of the home, well, now your, your water heater to your primary bedroom is taking forever, you know, and who wants to be in a cold shower forever. But, um, I think for us is just really the negotiation piece with these builders. That's huge. They, they're already going to pay their reps. So why are you wanting them to pay the reps twice or them? pocket more money and you're not even having adequate representation for negotiations for um, simple things like sod or things that actually matter once you get into this new home that you don't think about outside of just seeing this beautiful model home that's all the way upgraded but none of that comes with the home that you want you know so we're not afraid to get in and negotiate anything from paint color Mm -hmm. i get I'll, i'll get paint changed or during construction, you know, they like to say, we don't like to make any changes. Well, if you push hard enough, you can get a, you can get a change made. Outlets, fans, 
electrical things, you know, that potentially like for smart homes that can be moved or added um, fridges, washer dryers. I mean, I just uh, today I'm like, I want a fridge for my mm -hmm. client and I got them one, mm -hmm. you know, so dang, got that cold food. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or, uh, you know, another example was they required them to get approved through their lender. They, the builder. The builder. Yes. The builder required them to get approved, even though they wanted to pay cash. And they're probably listening because I actually told them, hey, here, <laughs> tune in. So listen. We do a neighborhood of the week. There you yeah, go. <laughs> yeah. So they so so they said, well, look, you still have to get approved with our lender. Well, here was the thing is they were paying cash and it was contingent on selling their house in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And in the clause basically said you can get your money back if your house falls through. But because they pr approved them without having a contingency, their 27000 that they're putting up is now non-refundable if their house falls through. Oof. So I worked that out where I'm like, that's not, we're not doing that. Right. They're, they, they are contingent. So mm -hmm. we basically got a refundable deposit and that's because it's the Deering team coming through. Wow. Listen. With the chest slap. Let's <laughs> go, baby. Are you okay after that? All right. Oh my it's like gosh. a chest bump. I wow. think we okay. need to do after. Wow. Okay. I'm, there's fists flying in the studio right now. We're going to need to take a break. 844-STUDIO-4. If you want to be part of the conversation, you're listening to today's Real Talk, where we focus on North Carolina real estate, business, and life, and even beyond just North Carolina, your local market. And you want a local professional representing you. I'm sitting down with two of the best in the marketplace. We're coming right back. Today's Real Talk, Justin Kazepis, the show that focuses on all things North Carolina real estate, business, and life. 844-STUDIO-4 if you want to be part of the conversation. I'm sitting here with Josh Deering of the Deering Team, part of Sirhant. Also, Shayna Harris, part of the Deering Team, part of Sirhant. All right, we started talking before the break about new construction, things going on in the marketplace, a lot of incentives being thrown around. Is new construction influencing resale or is resale influencing new construction right now? Okay, let me wrap my head around that question. Is new construction influencing resale? Resale of that new home you just closed on or re resale market as a whole is new construction affecting the resale market right now or is the resale market more so affecting new construction Ooh, right okay. now? okay um man i would say in every other market you're probably saying that the new construction would probably be uh affecting resale but i think right now and unless shana disagrees i think that the resale is affecting New construction. Shana? I can agree with that, but I also think it depends on the new construction because there's so many variables and, and so many different builders that, you know, you walk in and it says new construction, but the quality can be just not. And so I can, I've, I've seen resale be better quality from a, you know, 2000 home versus a 2023 home. Because some mm, of these yeah. are coming in and it's all, ch it's cheaply made. You can just, you can feel it, you can hear it. Um, but I do think, I mean, they're obviously impacting one another, but uh, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. I know, um, that's a good, listen, this guy has all kinds of good well, questions. Well, let me throw you another one at you. All right, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll take that one for now. Uh, 
the old mantra of real estate is location, location, location. Yeah. Always has been in some way, shape, or form, always will be. However, when you guys start telling me at the table right now, seven and a half, eight percent interest rates, buyers are compromising on something. Is location becoming a part, a, a seriously considered part of the compromise for buyers at this point? I think they're compromising somewhere in, mm -hmm. in that in that they're making a decision and potentially it just depends on the buyer, right? So like perfect example is the other day I'm working with a gentleman who really isn't pressured to buy. So he's just like, I'm not just going to jump in because I have to. Um, but when the right home comes up, I will. But then there's the other buyer that's like, I'm relocating. I got to find something. Otherwise, I'm paying in rents up right now. I mean, mm -hmm. otherwise, I'm paying a mortgage basically in rent. So, yeah, I think they're sacrificing something, whether it's location. I think, uh, I don't think so. I think that usually is like the second to, you know, the house itself. Um I think location is probably right up there with like the number one, number two demand. So I think what they're sacrificing would be larger lot sizes, backyards. Um, do they have, is it turnkey? Are they doing a bunch of updates? Are they cool with that? I think that's where the sacrifice mm -hmm. comes in is like, we know we're not going to sacrifice the location or the layout, but we're going to sacrifice that we have to do, you know, fifty, sixty thousand in updates. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I'm seeing, you know. I mean, it, it definitely depends on the buyer, but I, I do think now that more people are working remote, that that location doesn't hold the same value as it used to. Location, 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 because they needed to be close to something. No, yes, so obviously people want to, you know, maybe uptown or a lake or whatever feature they want to be close to. But I've seen a lot of people be willing to push out to these other markets because they can get a turnkey home versus being, you know, a walk to something they want to be close to. But again, time and energy and money to pour into this home that needs so much work. So I do think there's like a fine line of it's it's shifted as far as what it used to look like, just because a lot of people are working from home, they're at yeah. home, and now all that time of driving is really not the same. Schools are very important. We're actually, you know, into the school season. Happy first day, Shayna, Happy by the first way. day. They're back. <laughs> There's a new uh, school bond package up. I believe it's two and a half billion dollars for CMS some of which will affect the North Mech area. North Mech getting a new school as part of that bond program. I believe J.M. Alexander, I think Cornelius is getting some money, a couple other schools in the Northern District. All my old schools. Very well. Yeah. And Hopewell's getting no love at all. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, so when you think about schools and the conversations people are having, I'm curious to hear what it's like culturally for people moving from other markets into North Carolina. Private school, is that a big conversation? Homeschooling? Or does everyone just kind of go into the public school mantra? What are the typical conversations you hear? There's so many options. Private, charter, public, home. I mean, it's always a conversation. And, and you know, for us, we can't really like, oh, this is a great school. Go live here. That's just not right. something that we can legally say. Uh, but and is, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm saying right. let's, say, let's assume people are telling you where yeah. they want yeah. to be, right? That will yeah. go with that route. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely... 
all my relocation clients that have kids, it's the number one thing they're looking at. We want to be in a district with great schools, or we want to be in specifically this district because of this school. It's huge. Um, And typically in those areas, obviously, those markets are holding very strong just because it is a family-oriented or close to the school. Um, Mm -hmm. But schools is a huge, huge piece of this market. I don't know how many years ago, but you could probably say six to eight years ago, there wasn't that there weren't that many options, um, which made it a little easier. But then again, I think because of some of these private schools that have popped up, and I could be wrong, Justin, but I think because of some of these like the Montessori schools and the private schools and you know anything that is outside of your public school, I think that's lit a fire under some of these public schools to. Start to look for, you know, a little bit more quality um, teaching, you know, or, um, you know, take different directions in how they approach things, stuff like that to bring grades up and to to get test scores up and just all of that, because now um, it's important. And, you know, we went to public school. Um, I didn't think, you know, we really had to go anywhere otherwise. But now that, you know, things have kind of grown up. And, and I, a lot of people didn't do public schools because of the overpopulated, you know, like you're talking, I remember North Mech when I was going to school was like, we were a high 4A, like pushing. Yeah. I mean, if there was a 5A. You right. Could, you guys would have set the standards. Exactly. You know, which is crazy. So think about, you're just this a number, a statistic mm-hmm. in some of your classes. So the ratio. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think um, that is, ha- has a lot to do with it. But now I feel like uh, things have gone in a different direction and people now have options and that's good. Mm-hmm. We talked earlier about Belmont. It seems to be the younger demo is going toward Belmont. Are we seeing a lot of people not from the area move here, let's say post-collegiate education after they go to college they want to be in a marketplace is charlotte lake norman the surrounding area a good destination for those who have just graduated and starting their career a hundred percent man a lot heck a lot of my agents who are uh, shout out to mckenzie um she went to unc charlotte nice she uh bought her first home in college through the deering team okay it loved everything about the process and decided once she left school uh, and graduated, she was going to be a real estate agent. Now she's amazing and one of my best. So, um, yeah, I mean, then you have, the, you know, South End that everyone's gravitating to, especially the younger crowd. And, yeah, I think this is a great area for those. Just tons of opportunity here, you know. I mean, between tech, marketing, there's just so much opportunity here for those those youngsters. Yep. Yeah. I started thinking about all the different industries, right? You've got tech, you've got banking, banking you've got healthcare, you've healthcare, got for sure. just innovative industry. Uh, there's so much going on in, in this marketplace and it, and it expands beyond, right? And that's what I think is unique. One of the things, and we'll touch a little bit on it, transportation. I think that's something that everyone's so focused on right now. I'm excited to see kind of what the leadership comes up with. All right, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Today's Real Talk, the show that focuses on all things North Carolina real Real estate, business, and life. 844-STUDIO-4 if you want to be part of the conversation. We'll be right back. Today's Real Talk, Justin Gazepis. 
the show that focuses on all things North Carolina real estate, business, and life. Sitting down with Josh Deering of the Deering team, part of Sirhan. Also, Shana Lachey, part of the Deering team <laughs> and Sirhan. Yes. <laughs> all right. Tell the tell me the truth. Bring me back home right now. Am I ever going to see a light rail to the North Ooh. Charlotte area up to Lake Norman so I can just cruise to the city if I want to for a night and make it home? Man, I hope so. Me too. I know that was in the plans, what, years ago. Um, I don't know who kind of nixed that. Was that... The word on the street was Mooresville. Mooresville's the word on the street. Ooh, scuttlebutt, Bill. Scuttlebutt. <laughs> the word on the street was Mooresville, but... Oh. I, I mean... Throw shade. I don't know. That's what we do um, around here. But no. that would be... A, are you kidding me, man? That would be amazing. So there's there's two points of drama with the, with the red line in particular, Uh-oh. and... It's always about the dollars, right? It always comes down to the dollars. So Norfolk Southern owns the actual railway that the the plan was going to be built on. Okay. They're not in favor of it. City of Charlotte controls most of the funding mechanisms as it relates to the red line, right? Or to all of the railway systems because it, it, it it's part of CATS. And so dollars are what it comes down to. That's the first I've heard about Mooresville being part of the well, drama, though. Well, but, I yeah. understood it to be, you know, everyone has to kind of be all in yeah. on it. So I understood that they were kind of last to even want to be a part of it. The, I, I believe the next phase of the light rail is to go to the airport subsequent to that to Gaston County. And from what I hear, Gaston County gave up a lot in order for that to occur um, in the sense of long-term planning and certain things and certain concessions they had to make as part of that plan because the dollars were so great to do it. Is the Lake Norman community a good fit for a light rail is also part of the conversation. If you think about Mooresville, if you think about Troutman, if you think about Statesville, how far could it yeah, go and, right. and, and does it become more of an obstacle rather than a benefit? Ooh, that's a... You're just firing away, man. You're all you're firing on all <laughs> cylinders today. I mean, that's it's hard for me to speak for them on, you know, on what they believe would be a benefit, but I can, you know, cuz every like people didn't even think or there's 50/50 I guess of the uh toll lane, you no. know. Um you're being gracious with 50-50 right now. I know I am being gracious. I'm trying to be like even keel over here. Because um, whoever's listening, I, I don't want people to get upset at me. But, you know, I think it would be, in my opinion, I, and I'm born and raised here for the audience to know, but I would love to see that light rail just because mm-hmm. I do a lot of, I love to go uptown. I love mm-hmm. to go um you know, and it would be awesome to hop on where I don't have to pay $20 if I'm getting in you know, the toll lane or, or I'm waiting, you know, just to get uptown. It's an hour, hour and a half trip. Like, come on. My, my issue with the toll lane or not the toll lane, but the, the light rail and, and any type of sub transit that may come forward, you can't be stopping these things at nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. You gotta be running the, these. Is that what they're saying? That, that's what a lot of the talk oh, is, is like, I'm what gonna... time will it, if you're not running this till three in the morning, like it's not going to be worth it. If you're not mm-hmm. building that plan into I this. I couldn't agree more, man. That, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. And I, but you're always in the know. This guy knows, <laughs> he knows everything. No, you've just got to be, you got to look culturally at what people are doing. If mm-hmm. you want people to use it, you've actually got to match the lifestyle that's taking place. Bill, our producer went to Kane Center for the Arts this oh, weekend. Yeah. Kane and Cox played. Beautiful downtown now a project up in cornelius mills market yep i don't know if you've seen this 
two and a half acre parcel. It's the old mill right in downtown Cornish across the street from Town Hall, literally the adjacent parcel to uh, Kane Center. Is that the brewery? Where they took down so the where there's old the brewery, there's, Yeah, there's a whole, There's it's a two and a half acre almost L shape. Mm-hmm. Okay. 238 apartment units mm-hmm. and then ground floor about 12,000 square feet in retail. Can, can I guess who's building that? Oh, I don't. I, yeah, you I mean you can get? I, I wouldn't know. The oh, answer. okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I look. I know. I could look up the builder's name, but I I don't know the crews like that anymore. Um, but how exciting is it? The potential of this true live, work, play environment. Like, how important do you think that is to a marketplace? I think it's massive. I think. Um, speaking of the art center, I. Bill Kane was my boss. The Kanes oh. were my boss for a year, eight years at okay. Financial Independence Cool. Group. And they're just incredible people. So what they brought to the community is just amazing. So I tip my cap to those guys, and I love them dearly. Um, but I think here's a big thing, like in Raleigh, right? Everything is walkable, and it's the infrastructure there is all based around walkability, and I think if you can create that, um, especially with like younger crowds, you know, or because the entrepreneur now is like twenties, twenty one, twenty two. You know, what I mean. Oh yeah. Um, you know, the, and I think that that plays into what you would want to draw those people in. You know. I mean, just even what we do. You know, we're driving so much. And when we're doing that, we're also, you know, not doing other pieces of the business that we need to do. And so if you could go somewhere or go to an appointment or go catch lunch and also be on something where you're knocking out work, um, that's that's a huge benefit. Just yeah. be, uh, why wouldn't we take that? And also like everything that Charlotte's offering with the sports and the the eatery scene and all of those things. If they cut it off at 10, you totally just cut off why a lot of people would use it because it's to go there and get back. Um, but yeah, it would be huge to sit there and be able to use that space. Shannon, you mentioned paying for transportation. So as a Huntersville resident, if I were to, let's say, put a toll lane on Catawba Avenue, so the moment you turned on from Highway 73 on Catawba and you as a non-Cornelius resident had to pay, how would you feel about that? I mean, I ride my bike to Burkdale Village and Catawba <laughs> Ave, so I would be highly upset about it because I'm so close on the line that I feel that, you know, I'm a piece of that community, you know. But, I mean, if it is what it is, it is what it is, you know. And you mentioned the concept of what I think a lot of people culturally gravitate toward. I, I don't think people that move here now see it so much as independent Huntersville, Cornelius, Davidson, Mooresville, they see a regional unit mm-hmm. because you can go between all of those towns multiple times in a single day mm-hmm. and not feel tired, not feel burnt out and 100%. have a great time. So how do we put together a new mindset, a new perspective on what looks good for the Lake Norman region as a whole? I think you got to start looking at, you know, bringing the light rail in and and you know, changing up transportation. And I I mean, there's a lot that goes into that, Justin. Um, But I think it's, you know, like our definitely the infrastructure of trans, you know, transportation. I mean, they're widening roads, making it easier. That's going to be a nightmare, but it's, it needs to be done. 
you know, um, tons of projects. We talked about this last time, like DOT's backed up, but there's mm-hmm. tons of projects that need to be done because we're growing so fast. Mm-hmm. And they just sold, what, Westmoreland Farm? You know, mm-hmm. the, the 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 huge farms on Westmoreland bringing all that. Alexander Farms, right? Or Alexander Farm, excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, I love they, when I see them trucks moving dirt. Yeah, mm. man. Right? Mm. And, and But, but that's going to bring more traffic. But at the same time, um, you know, I think we need it. It's just mm-hmm. been sitting like that for 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned bike riders, and Shane, I don't mean to pick on you two times in one show, but I have an issue with sidewalks and bikers not biking on bikes. Like, what's the deal? Like, do y'all not like, like, the skips that happen between each, like, cut of concrete? Or what is it? Like, I'm trying to figure that part uh, out. I'm not one of those bike riders. I do ride only where there is a walkway. Okay. Um, being from the mountains originally, people could really come around the corner on the river and just about get hit. You yeah. know, I'm like, why are we here? Or the parkway. You know, I know it's a beautiful ride, but there's a, there's some point that's it's a little unsafe. So I I'm on the I'm on the walkway. If we're gonna make bike paths and that people want like asphalt, okay, then just you know do them right next to the road. You right. know what I mean? And if we they really still won't need, use them, Justin, they need to though. <laughs> I, and, they sure do. And and if and if the excuse is because concrete just doesn't ride the same. Well, here's the workaround. <laughs> Put it right next, and we don't need a gap of grass in between. I get aesthetically, you think it'll make a difference, but it doesn't. Uh, so, and that'll save some cost. Well, now they're doing um, on the road. They have those little bike paths. Yeah, you know. So maybe we do that. And and now, I mean, even then, that's still a little dangerous. But there's your kind of like happy medium, I guess. And so Jaton extension, right? So you cross over mm-hmm. Catawba from Jaton Road. That project is set, I believe, to begin, let's say, Lord willing, in the next 24 months. And I think that'll be a good test project to see, okay, if you put a bike lane directly adjacent to the roadway, will people die? <laughs> I think that's what everybody's concerned about, right? It's 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 safety. And and, and so will, will that happen whenever you've got bikers sharing, truly sharing the road in the proper way? Bikers are already doing it. Yeah. I mean, if bikers know how to bike like New York bikers, they have <laughs> nothing to worry about yeah. because they they weave and bob out of that traffic I've never in my life seen. You ride like a speed bike or a mountain bike? What kind of bike you ride? Um, just like a mountain bike. Okay, yeah. just a regular bike. Yeah. You bring a the comfy. water bottle too, like in the whole nine? like or. I mean, I'm not an extreme biker. I have three kids. She so. was talking a big game on listen, the Listen, you got to hop on the wave of it the is new com- electric bike. <gasps> Baby, listen, my neighbor got one and I always thought like, why do you have a bike? if you're not going to use it for its exercise purpose. But I got on my neighbor's bike. I'm sold. I want electric bike. You get best of both worlds. That's it's like a scooter. You know? That's the only thing I'll ride. Don't, you ain't going to find me pushing no pedals. Well, if I'm in one of those, I'm in the lane, baby. I'm with traffic. Just I'll take that back. I will do a tandem bike with Demi, but she's doing all the pedaling. I'm just steering. She, I'm just steering. That. You're just getting the breeze. <laughs> <You're dead> <laughs> when we go to the beach or something like that, it's like, all right, baby, you got this. I'm, I'm just, just take me around. Double seater and you're in the back. That's right. You got to have a driver. Why not? So, all right. We've been hanging out with Josh Deering of the G- Deering team, part of Sirhan. Shayna Lachey, also part of the Deering team at Sirhan. You've been listening to Today's Real Talk. Today's Real Talk. WSICnews.com if you want the most local data. It's not Zillow, it's not Realtor.com, it's none of that garbage. It's that it's that fresh local. Every five minutes this updates. You can't get it better than that. Today's Real Talk, you can listen to the episodes later on if you want. You can always download this on Apple Podcasts, watch on YouTube. We'll see you next time. The new 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.